My blonde-haired goddess, how are you? I'm fine. What do you want to say about my hair? It is cut. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked me it, if I was joining the Navy SEALs. <laughs> I was like, I think they require short. something a little bit more stringent than just a haircut. It looks good, though. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. I couldn't find my normal barber. So I had somebody else. Well, I was your normal barber, and then I got like replaced by Juan or something. What's your What's your barber's name? <laughs> Tony, Frank, Bob. Wait, we went from Juan to Tony <laughs> and Frank. Know. Doesn't matter what my barber's name is. I was going to say talk to him about our week, but I think we need to pause and just acknowledge how awesome Chris McClarney is. He was excellent and hysterical. So it feels funny to go back to our format that we skipped because we want to make as much time as possible for Chris, but. Uh, we got gr- lots of great feedback from you guys this week. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're just a genius. We love you. And uh, actually, miss that he's not here just now. So starting this week, we taught the School of Supernatural Life. It was nice to see all our students after a Christmas break. It was great to see them, yeah. And we got to teach good. on... How to teach. We got to teach how to teach, which is such a meta topic. Because you're teaching them how you're doing what you're doing right now. But I love that whole process. Yeah. And then... Making your, what you do plain. Yeah, making your thinking visible. Mm-hmm. And then next week, they're going to be teaching us. Yep. And I love it. that The quality of the teachers that we produce is, is quite astonishing. I think it's amazing. Emanate Monday night. Oh my Fantastique. Gosh. Worship, emanate Monday night, Jesse early. Amazing. Seriously, what's going on? Right. It was so good. It was really good. Your message was really good, too. Thanks. Uh, well, we're doing this reading the Bible through the year as a church, which I haven't read the Bible through in a year in a while. I've done it several times. I've read it chronologically. I've done it, you know, you know, the reading plan type stuff. But as a church, we're doing one, and uh, we're using the Version app and doing Nikki Gumbel's one. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding uh, every time I'm reading the Bible, we try and do it as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm trying to read through it. But I'm just getting blown away by all this revelation. But I had this revelation about John the Baptist. Jesus comes to be baptized by him. And in the New Living Translation, it says that John the Baptist tried to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I just started thinking of all the times in my life I've tried to talk God out of accomplishing what he wants to accomplish in my life. Right. Ask me if I have any New Year's resolutions. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I'm glad you asked that. Yes, it's <laughs> to stop talking God out of the destiny of my life. Excellent. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we had some fun this week because we had some friends of ours, Jim and Pat Banks, who are inner healing. I wonder if they'd like to be called inner healing specialists, but they are. They're, they're ministries. Mm-hmm. Trauma know. is one of their specialties. Yep. Yeah. And so they were coming in to minister to our staff at the start of the year, our, our pastoral staff. They came and did a great session. They're like revelation machines. <laughs> My claim to fame mm-hmm. is that I got them on Twitter. Except they were already on Twitter. They, they just, just didn't, didn't know. know. <laughs> but they teach in such tweet-sized chunks. I was like, oh, it's important that the world hears your revelation. Anyway, we got to have some private ministry with them, which was awesome. We did. Individually. Yeah. It was fantastic. I think that's one of the things that I love most about sitting under the leaders we sit under and the culture that we have at Gray Center and the culture that we had at Toronto is that nobody freaks out when our pastoral team says, I'm going to go get some ministry, nobody's like, oh my God, is their marriage falling apart? Like, well, you know, well, it's just normal. And yeah. I love 
I just love that for so many reasons. It frees us up to not have to be perfect. And it also frees us up to stop doing what we're doing and be ministered to. Can we talk about our Nintendo Wii that we got for Christmas? Sure. Let's talk about our Nintendo Wii. Well, you were really keen on getting it. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a hard sell, to be honest, being a Nintendo fan, but I haven't played Nintendo in a while. But I'm shocked at how much our kids love it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd get into it. But not only do they love playing it, they love watching their daddy play it. They do. Actually, when you guys play it together, they want you to carry them. So that means they're not actually playing. Yeah, so what's the time when we're multiplaying a game? You're carrying I'm Dia. picking up Tia. I just pick me up, daddy. The character, Carry pick me up, daddy. daddy. <laughs> so I have to first complete a level to learn how the level works. Then I have to carry her on my shoulders around the level. Anyway, they're so into it, but also they get totally into watching me try and beat a level. And there is high pitched screaming when I die. <laughs> <laughs> and even MJ, who doesn't have a clue what's happening, no, they'll start screaming. So he joins he in. Starts screaming. <laughs> it's awesome. No, but no, it isn't. <laughs> talk to me about what happened. Was it Wednesday night or Thursday night? Thursday night. So I had to remove myself from the room because it was <laughs> it was just too overwhelming. So a number of months ago, um, Katie Cook and and Tink came over and introduced us to One Direction. See, and I don't you call them new- Trent. Trent was there and too. Trent. Um, I don't. And we watched the One Direction. Right. I'm not calling them New Direction anymore. See, that's a good step. You know what, darling? You're almost hip. That's right. Amazing. I'm so close to hip. It's not even funny. So. Anyway, so then when we got this game for the Wii, it's called Just Dance 2015. And I was, um, I played it one time with the girls, like on Christmas Day. And I played it one day. I never played <laughs> it. I know, but again. I wasn't here to see it because <laughs> they got you to do it because I wasn't here. For those of you who've never seen it, if, do you remember in the arcades, there was that game called Dance Dance Revolution, where basically there's somebody dancing on the screen and you have to do syncopated moves with whatever they were doing. But in the arcade, it was like this touch sensitive floor pad. Well, with this one, you, with the Wii controller, you just hold it in your right hand and you just dance following the choreographed steps that professional dancers are doing to songs that were released in 2014. And it is so stinking difficult for an uncoordinated lump such as myself. Mm-hmm. But I was astonished. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tink is a professional dancer. You have dance in your background. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Katie... She must. She must. She, 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 was she could move, so yeah. But the three of you picked it up so quickly. It, it was, was ridiculous. Super fun. And I posted a video of you to Instagram and then suddenly realized... Yeah, I'm not sure how good this looks that, <laughs> that I'm filming three girls dancing from behind in my <laughs> living room. So I went upstairs to my godroom and <laughs> became holier than watching you guys dance. But you did it for, what, an hour and a half? Oh, at least. It was like a workout. Um, it was a total workout. We were like huffing and puffing and having to drink water and take breaks. It was just like, but it was super fun. And I didn't know if it would be fun for adults to do. Like the girls like doing it. But I didn't know if it would be fun for adults. So I have I have an idea for my next girls' night. <laughs> it's also funny watching. So we play this game. Um, what is it? 3D Super Mario Land, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Abby loves it. Abby can play on her own. She can work through the lands. But she doesn't understand the way I approach the game, which is when I play a level, I don't just want to finish the level, which is what she wants to do. I want to complete all the challenges in the level, which is get the three green stars make sure I pick up the hidden stamp 
and at the end reached the top of the flagpole. So I get a golden flagpole instead of a normal flagpole. Oh dear God, I'm saying these words out loud. And I yeah, sound I was like wondering. A total nerd. I was wondering if you could actually hear them or. <laughs> Yes, it's very important to get the three green stars and the funny stamp. <laughs> what a good golden pole you are. <laughs> but I'm just realizing, what am I writing on my girls' hearts? Like, I don't get mad at them for not completing it. But maybe I am overemphasizing the need. For perfection, <laughs> do you think? I less think of it as perfection. I more think of it as doing it properly. <laughs> so the other day, Tia's waiting to play for you. With mm-hmm. you, I'm sorry. And you went into the bathroom, and I guess she had like nine lives. So she just kept taking her little princess and running it off the edge into the oblivion, <laughs> waiting for you to get there. She's like, Mommy, I don't know how to pause it. So she just, you know, she'd get a new girl and she'd just run it right off the side. Wah! You know, and then a new one. Why? Wah! Why wouldn't she just wait for me? Well, because it had already started and she didn't know how to pause it. So she just decided she didn't want it the little girl to get eaten by a mushroom or something so she preferred that it just took like the death dive off the side of the it cliff sounds like we're introducing our children with so much trauma through this game honestly let's move on i have concerns about the game what is your main complaint about gary morgan whom we love if you had if you had one thing to complain about gary morgan the welsh eagle um that he keeps posting pictures of food that i can't eat because i'm not there the thing I want to complain about Gary Morgan is he Go posted uh-huh. something on Instagram last week about a TV show called State of Affairs. And he was like, you know, you know, Gary's the chief influencer. I'd never even heard of it. And so we thought, you know, Gary and I have similar tastes. So I thought, well, we'll look it up. And we just did a Hulu binge of like the first was it six or seven episodes. And now mm-hmm. we're hooked. Mm-hmm. And I don't like watching TV that forces me to wait. I like to just know that the season is over and I can just watch them at my pace. But it looks like the episodes come out every single Monday. Yeah, it's it's horrible to have to wait. I have to wait. Yep. It's so really thanks bad. a lot, Gary, for introducing Yeah, thanks us. a lot, Gary. Yeah. I I, uh, I went out for lunch with Holly on Friday. Who's Holly? She's my cousin. Oh, my I, cousin. The tall girl you hang around with. I remember her vaguely, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Holly, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has a husband who... You know, I he kind of looks up to me in terms of athleticism. Yes, it's a little bit absolutely. embarrassing. Yeah. Like my running history, I mm-hmm. think has inspired him to be a runner. Well, yes, probably. It's just because he's so short that he looks up to you as well. Um, For those of you who don't know Don and Holly, <laughs> they're possibly the fittest people we know. Mm-hmm. And well, you're currently close to. <laughs> and you're currently in a Fitbit competition with them, which, which I don't is, know why you would lunacy. do that. Well, I'm not in a competition with them, but... You can Wait, sign up. Let's clarify. We, you we all have Fitbits, and every day you frenetically check your Fitbit thing to see where they're at, to see if you've possibly, by a miracle, beaten them, but yes. you're not in a competition with them. Well, you're supposed to let... I'm not in a competition with them, uh-huh. but you're supposed to allow yourself to be competitive enough to want to get better. There's a large river in Egypt. <laughs> But I think you're in. Shut right up. <laughs> but there's not a chance. You know, last week he was posting numbers like 98,000 steps in a week. My high score until this week was like 36,000 steps. But doesn't he week. run like 100 miles a day? 
I think probably 100 miles is uh, an exaggeration. Listen, he's six foot seven. I don't think he should get the amount of credit because he, he will cover more ground faster because his legs are so long. Doesn't Fitbit count that into consideration? I, I don't know. I don't know if he has to tell it. I like to is. outsource being fit by downloading fitness tracking apps. Because <laughs> that's going to get you there. Well, what it does is it helps track stats and so i feel like i'm doing something about my health and the greatest oh. app i found for that most recently is called argus now anybody from the uk will remember argus as this really weird shop where you'd look up stuff in a magazine you'd go in you'd fill in something on an index card and out from the back I, of a warehouse it'd bring you this i product. thought that was argo yeah you didn't pronounce the s did you have it in canada no i just remember seeing it in the uk Okay, well, it was spelled A-R-G-O-S. Oh, okay. This app, not to confuse you, is spelled A-R-G-U-S, but it sounds the same. Argus, Argus. app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, AJ, did you want to say something? Argus. That's <laughs> uh, my southern veil. Argus <laughs> tracks, well, it integrates with stuff that you're wearing already. Like, it integrates with your Fitbit. It integrates with your, uh, you know, it can track your, what do you call it? Your heartbeat, that's right, your sleep cycle. So anyway, I like keeping track of that stuff. I should probably do something uh, about, uh -huh. about it to better the results. <laughs> right, like, oh, look at that. I've only <laughs> taken four steps today, <laughs> but I've tracked them. <laughs> I like what you're saying. Hey, you know, before we go any further, I've meant to this a couple of weeks in a row. You um, wanted to just say how beautiful I am and how excited you are about our anniversary this week. You are super beautiful. And we do have an anniversary this week. We do. Which means we're going to have the best throwback Thursday because our anniversary is actually on Thursday. <gasps> so we can post on Instagram pictures of our wedding legitimately. We with could. The hashtag throwback Thursday. It's true. Yeah. We really could. I already dug some out. You've got it all ready to go. Well, That's I don't have all of it. Premeditated. We only have like a handful of good photos from our wedding <laughs> anyway. True. So it was slim pickings. This is what I wanted to say was. You wanted to tell everybody what you're doing on an anniversary that you're not telling me because it's a surprise? No, we can tell them that next week and then it won't be a surprise and it wouldn't but be But then I'm for you. not going to get any, any information today. Yeah, but I've bound you in the spirit from accessing your prophetic gift for this. And I wrap my head in tinfoil when I go to bed at night so you can't read my thoughts. Oh, that explains that noise. <laughs> <laughs> For a third time. Oh, sorry. You know what I'd like to talk about is, mm -hmm. and I keep forgetting. What would you like to talk about? A couple of weeks ago <laughs> at m and mm -hmm. Josh and Sarah Parsons had a friend of theirs, Michaela, who is American but lives in Norway. Now, we have a deep affinity for Norway. And we have to quite like Michaela. We've met her a couple of times when she's come in and visited Josh and Sarah. But... I was really tickled pink. Is that an expression you use? I was really, I was greatly <laughs> you amused. You could use it. I think it's just for little girls, though. <laughs> I was. I was tickled pink. I just found it really amusing that she said, "Hey guys, I listen to your podcast." And I just thought, "Gosh, that's really funny to think of somebody in Norway listening to our podcast." Because here we are in Franklin in our god room recording this. And I'll post it on the internet tomorrow, and it's likely that she's going to hear it in Norway. So then I went to her website and looked at all the different countries around the world that listen to it. We had somebody from Romania listen this week. So Yay, hello, Romania. I don't know if you're the same Romania person, but thank you for tuning in. But anyway, I want to say hello to Michaela. She is on one of the YWAM bases there, and uh, you greatly encouraged us when you were there. And we just want to say we love Norway and we love meeting you. Do you know what I want to devote this whole podcast to? 
um, giving me hints about our anniversary dinner. As a prophet right now, you're failing dismally. Well, I'm just trying to get some information. You already know what we're doing. I already made plans. You okay. were in the car when I made plans. Okay. I'm we- just not sure if it's all a smokescreen. You know. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that? I don't know. You're calling me a liar on mm-hmm. air. <laughs> I love that filthy laugh of yours. Or a, or a creative planner. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think you'd take me to Denny's for our anniversary. That's you know, all. baby, it's Captain D's. Why fish in the expensive part of the ocean? Okay, where is the expensive part of the ocean? <laughs> all right, what we're devoting <laughs> our podcast to is our backlog of listeners' questions, because bless you, you've written in and you've asked questions, and this, and sometimes we don't get to them, and so we want to get to them, and sometimes. Um, your questions, the reason we can't answer them is they're great questions, but they demand a sermon, and we're trying not to preach on our podcast. So to do our best in not preaching, here are the answers to the most recent listeners' questions that we have not responded to. So this first one is from Becky. She asks, what are appropriate boundaries to have with your parents and your in-laws when you've just had a baby? And for context... Both sets of grandparents live in town and are itching to spend as much time as possible with their grandson, as you would imagine. I'll hand that one over to you, A.G. Jones, as the baby boundary expert. Well, I guess my question would be, what kind of boundaries do you want to have with your grandparents or with your parents? Because I, you know, I know plenty of people where their parents are typically way more involved in their lives than than what we experience. You know that you know because our our parents are. On the other side of the world? In different countries. Right. Um, and they love it that their parents are involved. And then other people are like, well, I like it to an extent, you know. So I think really it's more about you and your husband figuring out what's life for you. When does it stop being a blessing and start being like a, oh my gosh, get out of my house, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And maybe back off a step from there. Back um, off two or three steps yeah. from, I now need to leave my house. Right. And and just sort of establish, okay, this is actually what would work for us. I think the thing is, when people hear boundaries, they hear this very harsh line and are rattled with fear and are worried it's going to come out in aggression. But it really doesn't have to. You know, basically, you've got two sets of parents here who are super excited that you've just had a baby and will want to show as much love and affection as they possibly can. And what is love and affection to them might be overwhelming and uh, uncomfortable for you, and they don't know that. And so just simply communicating in love, like, I love that you want to come over and see the baby. I love that you want to come and help me. Here's the thing. We're new to this whole baby malarkey. We really don't know what we're doing. Here's what is working for us. Here's not what's working for us. You know, And just start expressing what would work. And I think most people worry that when they do that, that you're going to cut off relationship with the person, and you're really not. Especially your parents, especially mm-hmm. parents who, are, who are, you know, now if you're feeling particularly emotional, which is highly likely, given you've just had a baby and you're tired, and let's face it, you don't know what you're doing because you've just had your first baby. We suggest you never really communicate to people when you're in a state of halt, whether you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. There's a good chance you're one of those right now as you're listening to the, that <laughs> podcast. So, 
if sit, not two or three. <laughs> sit down with your husband and just kind of work out what works for us, and then just communicate that to your mom and dad or to your in laws. Like and keep the love up high to reduce the anxiety. We uh, we you know we did baby wise with all of our kids, but I remember with Abby, you know, my mom would want to come over because we lived in Canada at the time, and my mom would want to come over and see her and. And we would just be like, okay, well, if you want to, you can. She'll be awake from, because she was on a schedule, we knew when she'd be awake, you know. So we'd say, whatever it was, 4.30 to 6. And she'd say, well, I don't know if I can make it during that time. I'm like, okay, well, then let's try again tomorrow. Because, you know, she's on a schedule and this is when she's going to be awake. And I'm not keeping her awake or putting her off of her schedule. But, you know, it'd be great to see you kind of thing. So um it, it just sort of depends, too, on, on what you want your day to look like. Right. If you want to stay in your pajamas until noon and say nobody comes over till afternoon, then it's your house. I hope that helps. Yeah. Me All too. right. This is from Caitlin. Hi, Alan and AJ. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, hi. Yeah. Hi, Caitlin. How do I know God's best place for me to be? I don't feel at home where I'm at and really not sure where to go. I've prayed and fasted. What would be some next steps in this process? Thank you. I'm a new listener and really enjoying your podcast. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. And sorry, it's taken us a while to get to answer your question. Mm, do you want to say something or do you want me to jump in? You, you go ahead and I'll All think right. for a second. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking geographically here. I'm assuming if the Lord isn't saying stay here, then maybe he's inviting you into where would you like to go? And... You know, us moving to Nashville, I think we've told the story on the podcast before, but us moving to Nashville, we had like a vision, we had a dream, we had an angelic visitation, we had prophetic words coming out of, you know, left, right, and center. We had confirmations. And still, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. And the thing that made me want to move to Nashville was a question that the Lord said to me. He just said, would you like to move to Nashville? And I'd never really considered that. Like, what you mean outside of what you quote-unquote want? He's like, sure, would you like to? I was like, yeah, I'd like to. He's like, then do it. So my question is this whole concept of living under a green light. If the Lord is not saying don't move, then he's probably inviting you into a season of asking you where you would like to move. But, you know, what is it you're looking for? What would you like to move? And once your heart percolates up an answer, start sharing that with people who are, important in your life, who've got a voice in your life and just saying, hey, you know, as I've been thinking about this and as I've been praying about this, I'm realizing I'd really like to move to X and start getting feedback and and then start turning that into prayer. Like, Lord, I would now, instead of saying, Lord, where should I move to? I'm, I might suggest saying, I'd like to move here. Lord, do you have anything to say on that? Is there wisdom on timing or would you open doors for me on that? And just look for favor on on where you're going. Mm-hmm. And ask him to shut doors if that's not where you're supposed to go. You know, if you think about, again, whenever we're talking about making a decision and, and what the Lord is like, we often say, you know, he's the best dad ever. And if if Alan's taking Tia out on a date and Tia says, well, what I want to do on this date is I want to go and play in traffic. And then, you know, after that, I want to practice throwing knives or something. Alan's going to go, oh, Oh, that's no, Mm-mm. but how about sweet CCs or how about what I, you know? And he's going to redirect her, he's going to sort of shut down those doors and redirect her, but but he still wants to know what it is she wants to do. And at the same time, if she brings up something that's you know, like today, 
for example, I did take her on a date. I said, what do you want to do? She said, Dad, I can't decide. I can't decide between hot chocolate or uh, frozen yogurt. And I said, well, what do you really want? She's like, I want them both. And I was like, well, what do you want more? She's like, I think I want frozen yogurt. So we went to Sweet CC's, got some frozen yogurt, and it just so happened to be right across the road from Starbucks. And it gave me great delight with a glint in my eye to say, should we go get hot chocolate too? And, you know, her concept of, uh, oh, it's not either or, it's both and. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach her what the fall is like. So, you know, his thoughts towards you are as countless as the sand on the seashores. His plans for you are good. So perhaps he's asking for your input on where you'd like to move next. So I would start there. Yeah. Um, Caitlin mentioned fasting. Our next question is about fasting. This is from Judah. He said, with the coming year, I hear a lot of Christians talking about fasting. I know that fasting is an important part of life as a follower of Jesus, but I don't know too much about fasting. What are your thoughts on fasting? And is there any teaching or books you would recommend that speak on the subject? Well, um, I like fasting if it's if it's God has asked me to do it. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Could you change the word I like fasting to I find there's a grace on fasting when God has asked me to do it? Or do you genuinely like fasting? No, I, I like genuinely fasting? like it. If God's asked me to do it, I... I feel excited. I feel connected to God. I don't really miss the food. Like if God's asked me to do it, I don't find it difficult. Oh my gosh, we're so different. I find a tremendous ease on fasting when God is asking me to fast. And so I approach fasting a couple of different ways, just like prayer. I can decide to pray anytime I want. Mm -hmm. I can decide to prophesy anytime I want. Mm -hmm. I can decide to fast anytime I want. Mm Or sometimes the Holy Spirit moves me to pray. You know, Alan, come and spend some time praying. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves me to prophesy. Hey, go over and give that person a word. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Holy Spirit moves me to fast. Right. The greatest fruit of fasting, immediate fruit of fasting I found in my life, is it's the quickest way I know to humble myself. On the days that I'm fasting, I am appalled at how haughty, my heart is. How haughty? Haughty. Can you explain that? Arrogant, prideful. Okay. I think I know all. And I'm unaware of those thoughts on the days I'm not fasting. Hmm. I think on the days I'm not fasting, I just think I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> and on the days I am fasting, I'm just like, Lord, actually, I'm so sorry. Like a lot of the time, I think I know what I'm doing. And when I'm fasting, I'm realizing I'm actually weak and foolish and I just need your wisdom and your insight. Like that's the most immediate, you know. And then long term, I think fasting does a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't see that you can't confuse with you earning. But Jesus does say there's a reward for fasting as Mm -hmm. there is for praying, as there is for giving. So I would direct you to a couple of amazing books, Judah. The first book I ever read on fasting that blew my mind it's a book by Mahesh Chavda, and it's called The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting. And it was a paradigm-shifting book for me. The second book I read that I really, really enjoyed is called Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting by one of my favorite teachers, Derek Prince. And you read a book you really, really liked, didn't you? Yeah, I read a book called God's Chosen Fast. 
Um, did you look up who it's by? Because yep, I can't by remember. By Arthur Wallace. Um, and it it was more like it covered it biblically, like why do we do it? But it also talked about physiologically, like what's happening in your body and how do you break a fast? You know, if you've gone over 10 days, then there's a certain way that you should break a fast. Which I learned the hard way. Same. As I called emergency. (laughs) I think there's something in me trying to get out. (laughs) Alien. I remember calling the NHS emergency helpline at like 2 a.m. in the morning. I can't remember how long I'd fasted for, but I did not break the fast well. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure I'm rupturing my small intestine. And the person's like, well, what have you eaten? And so I told them I hadn't eaten for a certain number of days and they're like, why on earth would you do that? And I'm like, and I thought, I don't have a good answer. Like, I'm fasting, I'm a Christian, I don't know. And they were like, uh, don't do that again. (laughs) They did not understand that. You know, if you don't want to go buy a book, if you go to IHOP, um, you know, Go with Mike Bickle. Mike Bickle has a ton of resources on fasting. But he has a very, very handy one or two page article on the basics of fasting and how to start fasting. That is really, really, really helpful rather than throwing yourself in and making the mistakes that AJ and I did when Does we Does he have something that helps you stop fasting if yeah. you've gone long? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's all about, you know, different types of fasting and how to start, how to build up your metabolism to handle fasting. And my, it's really good. My funny breaking a fast story just really quickly, was it was a 23-day fast. We were only intended to fast for 21 days, but we both lost count. And there's two of us doing it together, and we were with a group of people. I'm sorry, that- if I'm not eating food, I'm very rigorous <laughs> about when it ends. There is no chance that I'm going to forget. Both of us didn't notice. And then somebody who was with us was like, I'm pretty sure you started on it. And then we we're like, oh, we did. So we were with a group of people that were Wendy's and we were drinking water and we were like, oh, we're done, we're done our 21 days. And I got a big classic cheeseburger. I thought I was going to die. I ate it and I was like, oh, this is the best cheeseburger I've ever tasted. Did you wash it down with a Dr. And Pepper for good measure? I, I don't drink Dr. Pepper. This stuff is hideous. But I probably had a Coke knowing me then because right. I would have eaten that. And uh, I would say probably within 20 minutes. I mean, I ended up on the floor in the fetal position, like just, I was in absolute agony. I thought I was going to die. It's not a good way to kick out an internal system that shut down after 21 days of not eating. It wasn't a good scenario. All right, Chad, you asked. Hi, Chad. When interacting with people who do not believe in Christ, how do we lovingly vocalize reasons for not listening to certain music, watching certain movies, or playing certain games? I find that I dance the line between protecting myself from things that don't need to enter my brain and leaving other people feeling judged in some way unintentionally. So I'm assuming that you're talking about a friendship group who are perhaps mixed, you know, made up of some believers, some people who are pre-Christian. They want to watch movies or you're at their house and play music or everyone's like, oh, let's play Cards Against Humanity or, you know, a game you just don't want to play. I find probably the three most helpful words in that situation just yell at the top of your voice turn or burn <laughs> they'll never invite you out again <laughs> um i i uh when i first got saved and then when the lord started healing my heart he really started working on me about movies because i would just see any movie going and Loved movies, didn't think it made a difference to me at all. And then I realized it made such a huge difference to me. And, 
you know, my filter with God would get clogged and stuff like that. And so, but I didn't want other people to feel bad because they wanted to see something that I didn't feel like I had the grace to see. And so I would say, uh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'll meet you afterwards. And if they'd say, well, why aren't you going to see it? I would say, I, I feel affected by those kind of movies. Like I, I feel the effects of it and it's just God's dealing with me in a certain area or, you know, or I just say, Oh, I'm just really not into that, but I'll meet you afterwards. Yeah. I think you can graciously opt out of things and help your friends. I mean, clearly you're a very sensitive person to your friendship group. You're, you want to honor them as well as honor the Lord. And so clearly you do not think that the world revolves around you, which is great. But helping them understand that you don't think that and helping them understand that you're absolutely fine if they go off and do that and you can meet them afterwards. Um, it's probably a really gracious way of doing it. But being bold and being gracious is a great combination. Mm-hmm. All right, next question is from Kaylise. She says, hey, Alan and AJ. Hey, Kaylise. I have a friend that is skeptical about prophecy. We all do. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Join the club. There's (laughs) t-shirts. He and his family converted from being Mormons, and he goes to a conservative church, so he doesn't believe in the gifts of prophecy. He does believe in the Holy Spirit and thinks since the Holy Spirit can speak to us directly, then why does a human, a prophet, need to tell them what God says about them? It's a great question. In Mormonism, you have to go through several elders to be able to hear from God, so he and his family don't want to be deceived again, and they're comfortable with just believing in the Bible. I just want to know what you would recommend of how to make prophecy seem desirable to a family that is uninterested. It's a great question. It's a really good question. I think there is... A couple of answers I'd give you. One, often in our zeal of the things that God's doing in our life, we try and get people to be on the same timetable. I remember Bill Johnson saying we try to we tend to overemphasize whatever we last learn. And so in our enthusiasm with what God's doing, we want to drag and and I mean that in the most positive way, other people into it. Mm-hmm. But it might not be what God's doing in their life. Like if these guys have recently converted from Mormonism, it's great that they believe in the Bible, and it's great that they believe in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit being very nature prophetic, and the Bible being a prophetic book, is going to introduce them to the prophetic. That's probably not an answer you were looking for. Another answer is, I remember I remember somebody rather negatively saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, and somebody quit yeah, but you can salt the oats. As in, you can provoke something, provoke a hunger in the people around you that they want what you have. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that is by demonstration. And so I remember taking people who were skeptical about the prophetic to meetings where prophets were ministering and just being astonished at... Um, I remember when Gary Morgan, one of the few times... Uh, the last couple of times he was in town. I remember he was ministering, and while he was ministering, he heard the thoughts of someone next to him uh, who said, I never get picked for a word. And I can't remember if he got her name or not, but he turned to he turned to the girl and picked her out and said, you, 
You who just said, I never got, I never ever get picked and I never get a word. Guess what? It's your night. I have a word for you. And that <laughs> shocked her. And the people who would knew her would say, were you really thinking that? You know, that that's a demonstration that is easier to um, display than an argument that you will win. Yeah. A third thing you could do is ask the Lord to start stirring up the prophetic in their life. Ask the Lord. For example, I never believed that God spoke in dreams. I just thought that was nonsense until I had a dream that literally came to pass three weeks later. And then I was like, okay, God, you have my attention. So you can, you can, yeah, you can do lots of stuff like that. Bill Johnson on Twitter wrote this. He said, prophets do not replace my need to hear from God for myself. My need to hear from God for myself does not replace my need of the prophets. One of the greatest gifts that God has given his family are prophets and the prophetic ministry. And so be patient with them. You pursue it. You know, watch God do things in your life. Share the testimonies and pray for them to get touched and you'll be amazed at what happens. Um, Babe. Yes, darling. That's a whole lot of questions that we're answering. <laughs> how, how many are left? We're a little bit backlogged. We probably have another four or five. Um, I need to sleep sometime this century. Is is there any way we could just pick one to do tonight and then we can work on the backlog in the next couple of podcasts? Given we are our own bosses and the directors of our own podcast, we can do whatever we want. Oh, yay. In fact, I'm right so now, tired. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying I should yodel. So brace yourself, people. I'm ready. Wait, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was my flesh. You know what? Rather than answering another question, why don't we push pause there? We'll try and answer another question a week as we continue going forward. But I wanted to let everybody know that our School of Supernatural Life is now accepting applications for this fall. Yay! We have an eight-month school. We actually have two of them now. We have year one and year two. But we have an eight-month school that starts in September here in Franklin, Tennessee, held at Grace Center. The school runs on Mondays and Tuesdays. You come to Grace Center on a Sunday. And for eight months, you are immersed in the love of God. You get teaching from our pastoral staff. You get teaching from AJ and I. You get teachers, teaching from prophets and revivalists and teachers and leaders from all over the world. We fly them in. And it is an amazing opportunity to just come and set aside your Mondays and Tuesdays and get transformed by God and learn to hear his voice and learn how to prophesy, learn how to heal the sick. And then there's an optional missions trip somewhere there where we send you an outreach somewhere in the world. And anyway, if you have even the slightest interest of being touched by that, go to this website, go to gracecenter.us slash school. And you can find out all the information about that. And our application system is open. If you're one of our alumni, you have graduated from first year. Applications for the second year of the School of Supernatural Life are now open too at the same place. Go to gracenerus slash school. We would love to see our alumni come back for second year. We're super excited about second year, which focuses uh, all on scripture and all on the call of leadership that's on your life. Uh, again, all the information about the school is on our school website. You can go there. Bip. Ask me what I'm excited about tomorrow. What are you most excited about tomorrow? I am most excited tomorrow about making my nerdy wall, making my calendar on the wall so that I can plan year one and year two together. Ah, yeah. AJ has special paint that you paint over a painted wall that turns the whole wall into a whiteboard. 
Yeah, but it's the same color as the painted wall, so nobody right. knows. It's like invisible paint that you just, it's like a sheen that you put over it. Yes. And then you can draw with whiteboard markers, and it's amazing. And it all wipes off. But I draw with Sharpie a calendar underneath it so that I can plan the whole nine months of both schools. Whereas I have a handheld pocket device that allows me to You can't see all nine months all written out on your handheld pocket device. Even though you have a six plus or (laughs) mega six, whatever, whatever, whoever was calling it, the the monster six or the big. (laughs) But I will post on Instagram. Once Um, it's finished. Once it's finished, I'll post on Instagram. I can't remember what my Instagram name is. I think it's just AJ Jones. It's so funny. It's but underscore AJ Jones. Underscore AJ Jones. But I'll keep if, you right. If you like nerdy things, it'll be posted. <laughs> Closing thought for you. Yes. We, you may or may not know this, but we have a mailing list uh, at our website, alanaj.com. It is a low frequency. I get enough email. I don't want to spam your inbox. We send out maybe two emails a month where we just try and let you know ahead of time any new articles that are being published. Um, you know, anything that's noteworthy that we think you should know about. But from time to time, when we release new teaching, we like to let everybody on our uh, mailing list know about it beforehand. And we always like to offer an introductory price before it goes public. And we always like to throw in something free. If you are not on our mailing list, we'd love to encourage you. Go to alanandaj.com slash free, F-R-E-E, and sign up there. Again, we will not spam you. You can unsubscribe anytime you wish. But we're getting ready to release a new teaching set in the coming weeks. And for those people who are on that list, you will be able to get that teaching set at a heavily discounted price, along with a free gift for that as well. So there's some homework for you. GraceNerd.us slash school, alanaj.com slash free. We hope you have an incredible week filled with the goodness and the kindness and the majesty of Jesus. Bless you.